0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the African Five Aside podcast. My name is Meher Mizahi. I'm your host uh, here in Algiers today. This podcast, as always, is brought to you by the good folks over at www.africasacountry.com. Uh, today I'm joined by a Cameroonian colleague, uh, freelance football journalist Giovanni Bamba. Uh... And if you do, just a, a quick note before we begin, if you do hear some drilling, my neighbor seems to be doing some renovations. I don't think he's drilling for anything. He just seems to be poking a thousand holes into the wall. Anyways, to, <laughs> let's talk about Cameroon, man. Cameroon, last time we were really paying attention to them was at the World Cup. It seemed like a, a mixed bag at the World Cup. Uh, we had uh, some pretty poor first match and second match, but then they came alive against Brazil. They won in that match against Brazil. Um, What's been going on since the World Cup for the Cameroonian national team?
1: Well, uh, we've been active since the the World Cup. Uh, We had to play for the the AFCON qualifiers. And, uh, yeah, we had to grind our results. We're in a group uh, with Kenya, Burundi, and Namibia. One would have expected Cameroon to just, you know, ride over the those other teams. But then we had a quite a tough patch. We had to qualify. We had to play for the AFCON on the last game day against Burundi. And it's true that we got a convincing 3-0 victory over Burundi. So but then it was really you know tricky group for Cameroon and Cameroonians as a whole because we didn't expect to be taken right up to the final day against against Burundi. And it was just on panic, but panic mood if you ask. Most uh, journalists and, of course, fans that, that watched that game because the win for Burundi would have you not know, completely turned the, the, the table on its head. Namibia had already sailed through after their good performance against Cameroon in, in Cameroon in Yaoundé, a draw, and then a win over there in uh, in South Africa. So it, it was really a tricky one. But, you know, thankfully, the WTB Lions got through. And uh, yeah, we're just looking at the the African like Rigobert Song's second major tournament after the World Cup. It's true that the the president of the Cameroonian Football Federation, Samuel Ito, did say that he wanted to play seven games at the level of the World Cup, which entails playing the finals. But then, you know, uh, we didn't we didn't make it past the group stage. But then we had a, a good showing. It wasn't an embarrassment like what happened in twenty fourteen. Uh, twenty ten in 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 South Africa was it wasn't a complete embarrassment? We won a game against uh, Brazil, had a parity against against Serbia. Uh, then we lost against against Switzerland. So uh, I do think that uh, we're going to judge Rigo Best song from now hence because then he just took the team like four months before the World Cup. So he he was always saying in his pressers that he really needed time to work with the team, and see what he could bring in. So now it's the Afcon. He's been in the in the dugout for close to a year now or more. So uh, we're going to judge him and, and see how he, he performs in this second major tournament he's taking over.
0: Because the AFCON and Cameroon, I think Cameroon played really well. I mean, they were probably one of the, maybe the strongest side in terms of performances. Um, That attacking line of, you know, Abubakar and Karl Tokoekambi and uh, Mumin Gamala as well. I think they combined very, very well. Um. Brian Mbuemo, for me, you know, started the season really, really hot. Unfortunately, he's going to miss this tournament with injury. How big of a loss is that? And are there any other losses or additions that you see that have come into the side or are leaving the side that will be impacting Cameroon at the upcoming
1: AFCON? I think Brian Mbuemo could be the difference between Cameroon having a good and a bad AFCON. That's how good he is for, for club and country. It's not just for, for country, because even at the level of Brentford, they've been having a, a queue of bad performances here, and Ivan Tuni now missing in the team. With the Indomitable Lions, he was just beginning to pick steam, yeah? He was just beginning to pick steam with the Indomitable Lions. She scored in the World Cup qualifiers against Mauritius. He scored uh, against, against Mexico in, 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 in the friendly that we, we had last time out in the U.S., He equally scored against against Burundi. Uh, So he was just beginning to pick steam and lining up a couple of good performances when we needed him to do so. And um, it's just bad news that, you know, he's missing out of of the list due to to injury. He himself would have loved to give a good account of himself, given the fact that he didn't have a a proper World Cup as well with the indomitable Lions. So I don't think that he's going to be a big, big miss. Uh, Brian Bemo, and uh, yeah, a couple of others as well. Eric right? Maxim Choupo-Moting wasn't called up for, for. The coach said for for reasons best known to him, he decided to do with youth, and uh, yeah, I think Eric Maxim Choupo-Moting he too would have had you know an impact. He he's aging, but he's aging like fine wine. I mean, he's not had that much as much game time at Bayern because of Hurricane, who just came in. Uh, you know, he's doing his thing. Uh, so I do think that probably Eric Maxim Choupo-Moting is one you never can take your eyes off. Uh, Martin Hongla as well, he was a lead assist provider at the 2016 African 2021 here in Cameroon, alongside five colleagues, they both had three assists to their names. He too has been missing out of, of the puzzle, so I think that he too would have, you know, had a word or two to, to, to say. Uh, there is Pierre Koundé Malong as well. Uh, he too is not going to be taking part in the in the African, you know, after playing the, the, the 2019 edition, the 2021 edition, massive experience he would have brought to the middle of the park. But then, like I said earlier on, song has decided to do with youth. And uh, yeah, we're going to you know assess how that goes after the tournament. But Cabrón is uh, an unforgiving nation. If it goes badly, then he, he will take some stick. To, I, I believe he will take some stick. And good measure for that because it's left out quite a good number of experienced players we are used to. So let's see how that one pans out. So, so let's talk about Rigobertson. Um because
0: he was in charge of the Olympic team, right, prior to him coming to the senior team. Yeah. Uh, From what I understand, the results were mixed. What was the logic Mm -hmm. from firing, you know, Konseca, who had a good AFCON, and bringing in uh, Rigobert Song? Why, number one? And number two, uh, what was the reaction from from the public when Eto named Song as the coach? And has he lived up to expectations so far? I know it's only been a year, but so far, how has it been?
1: It's only been a year of a mediocre performance from Rigo Song. And like you quite rightly said, he was in charge of the Olympic team, the under-23s. Before that, he was in charge of the Shan side, uh, the the A-prim, as they are called this way, the Intermediate Lions. And he didn't make it out of the group stage. In the 2018, uh, Shanda was played in Morocco. In charge of the, the under-23s, team uh, at the AFCON as well in Egypt. He didn't make it in 2019, I think. He didn't make it out of the group stage with that selection. So it was um, kind of a surprise when he was named national team coach at the time, you know, because make no mistake about it, Song Sombahanaki is a legend in our country, on the African continent and in the world stage. But the time he got the job I think he would have you know, done more, maybe locally, take up a team or on the African continent. But it came, out, it, it came up as a surprise, a huge surprise to me. Uh, I respect uh, Rigoberto Bahana, but uh, as a coach, I think he still needed to learn quite a lot before taking charge of the Indomitable Lions. I mean, this is one of Africa's best side. Five-time African winners, only Egypt sits ahead of Cameroon at the level of the continent, if we're looking at it that way calculating trophies and so on so uh, i do think that it was a huge surprise that he was coming in to replace someone like antonio consensal who had ended third uh, in the afcon in, in cameroon and not that we played badly look listen football is football and it is what it is we lost against egypt at the semi finals on penalties you know there's no there's no shame in losing against egypt on on, on penalties and uh, yeah so Against Burkina Faso, we managed to come from a couple of of goals down to to win that one. So I do not think that, you know, uh, Rigobertson came in the time he came in, but to me, it wasn't the right, the timing wasn't perfect. And uh, yeah, as as would have it, Cameroon went out there to, you know, put up a good performance against Algeria. Still with the skeleton of uh, Antonio Consensile's side, you know, most of the players that he called up, uh, we're, were players that were being used by Antonio Conte himself and uh, yeah he he got through to the World Cup we applauded him for that, at the level of the World Cup you know as as positive as we wanted to look Cameroon did get past the group stage something we've been trying to do uh I think since the night since nineteen ninety or so so uh yeah so as positive as as we wanted to look uh that wasn't you know a benchmark for. Cameroonians to, to follow. So yeah, it ended at that level. And like I said earlier on, we are going to, to judge him at, at the AFCON because he really has no uh, no room for error this time. He's had enough time to work with the team. And uh, yeah, we're just expecting him to, to go out there, you know, and, and uh, fly the country's flag high.
0: I'm, I'm going to ask you some difficult questions about Rigobert Sang, okay? Critical questions. Mm-hmm. Maybe yeah. you can try to defend him if you do, or you can try to answer them if possible. I've heard oh. rumors. a lot of people say that it's not him that sets up the team, it's his assistant coach Sebastian Minier that's more the tactical uh, manager uh, the assistant coach. Uh, mm. Number one, any truth to that? Number two, did this this him discarding Andre Onana uh, during the World Cup? Was that really down to just Onana, you know, wanting to play out the ball with his feet, being more of a distributive goalkeeper and Song saying something and them having an argument and him being discarded in that way? Is that all there was to it? And do you feel confident that he can man manage the group and he can keep everybody happy uh, at the AFCON? But but the first question about Minye
1: in particular. Okay, Sebastien Migné. Well, first of all, Sebastien Migné is a very well-known coach. He's you know, made his way around the African continent. He knows football on the continent so well. So he was brought in as the assistant coach of uh, Song. But I tell you what, even Song has said in his presence, je suis le sélectionneur manager. He's there to, you know, pass on what he had in his days. We call it in Cameroon, the grinta, you know, that, that belief that we could go leadership. through every other storm. We could leadership. Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, show the players how it's done, when they wear the national jersey. And talking about tactics, yes, of course, Sébastien Migné hugely adds up to any tactical, you know, dispositions Cameroon ha- puts out on, on match days. some contributes his quarter. He, too, is uh, a graduate from in in France. So he's a coach. He is a coach. He has a clear knowledge about football. So they both work hand in gloves. But certainly, Sipho does more of uh, the tactical work and putting, you know, uh, out uh, tactical dispositions on game days.
0: And, and the the dispute with Onana, um, him managing, you know, the players' personalities. Oh, yeah. We know oh. Abubakar can have a personality, a very strong personality as well. Is there any fears that he can clash again with players and? Or, or do you think he's going to be able to manage the, the group of players and the Eagles well this time around?
1: I think he, he's, you know, he's more used to that position now. When it happened with Donana at the level of the World Cup, you know, he would have handled it in a better way if he had, you know, worked with the team for, for, longer, for a longer time. But uh, it wasn't handled in the best possible way per me. Because uh, what that did to the player, you know, who retired internationally before the state had to get involved. And now he's coming back from retirement. And we're getting talks of, okay, all these talks of Onana wants to, you know, play another game in the EPL, uh, probably against Tottenham before coming for the AFCON. This, you know, it's all subplots to what happened in Qatar. Because Onana retired from the national team. When Manchester United were need to. Purchase this goalkeeper, they knew that he was still understate with his national team career. So now it puts them, the player and the team in a difficult su- situation because the state had to come and Onana came out from international retirement. Had it been United winning for Onana when he was still, you know, actively done in the national team jersey, do know that okay, at the come period, we're going to lose the goalkeeper. Now it puts us all in a difficult you know, situation because the, all, all parties have to negotiate and see the best possible solution. And the way things are going, probably, Onana might miss our first game. All these, they're just subplots to what, you know, happened in Qatar that is coming back to haunt us. So I don't think that he would have handled the Onana saga in, in a better way had it been, no you know, he was uh, this long into the job. But now I don't think we're going to be having any such situations. First of all, you spoke of Vincent Abubaka. He is uh, outspoken. But there's one thing about Abubakar, is he's very respectful, and uh, he's a good leader as well. But you cannot keep his mouth shut. You know, when he thinks that this is not correct, he's just going to point it out. And uh, yeah, so that's that's it, pretty much. Okay,
0: let's uh, let's talk about the starting eleven for Cameroon. Um, at the Afcon, you guys were playing the four through three mostly. Um, yeah. Do you expect to continue to play in that formation? Uh, now that Mbuemo is out, who's going to replace him on the right wing? If you could just take us through from goalkeeper to striker and maybe just a small sentence after each player that you name so you can tell us a, a small description about who they are and their strengths and their weaknesses.
1: Yeah, uh, I think at the goalkeeping compartment, we have four goalkeepers. That includes uh, Andrew Onana, Fabrice Ondua, winner of the 2017 AFCON. I'm sure you know him pretty well. Uh, Onana's oh, cousin, yeah? Yeah, Onana's cousin. They there's Ngapandumbu as well, uh Marseille Prodigy. And uh equally there's Davis Epasi, the guy who played the two other games when Onana when was uh, was out of camp in the world. Small Cup.
0: interruption. I saw internet rumors that Epasi was a nephew of a sports minister. Is that true or is that just internet rumors? Or... <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know, you always see those you'd always see those rumors, but Epasi has um He's linked up with with the sports minister. He has okay. a, a family link with him, but you know it's not due to that that been yeah, out of he's been called Yeah, he's still a good goalkeeper. A yeah, yeah. yeah per he, he's, he's a good enough goalkeeper. Maybe he's not had enough game time with Abha in the Saudi Pro League, but whenever we've put him out there, you know he's defended the colours bravely of the of the Lions. So I think on a good day, on any other day, if a nice fit and he's been training with the team. Uh, not arriving a day before the game, though or the day on the game, he's going to pretty much start. But uh, in the absence of Onana, then we might just go for Fabrice Ondo-Ebogo, uh, who, by the way, played the last two games of the Notable Lions at at level of the World Cup uh, qualifiers, twenty twenty six World Cup qualifiers. He played against uh, Libya, and he came on as a sub against uh, against Mauritius. So that's that at at that level. And at the level of uh, the the center half, we have uh, Harold Mukudi. Harold Mukudi played the, the 2021 20, uh African year in Cameroon. Remember that he missed a penalty against uh, Egypt and he was gone for a long, long time before just coming back, you know, against against Burundi. And equally we have jean charles Castillo, who has been one of the more frequently used defenders, center halves. Uh, with, uh, with our national team. There's Uma Gonzalez as well. He, he's now in the Saudi Pro League, very aggressive defender. Uh, he took place in the center half position. But on a, on a day that, you know, they want to tweak tactically or something like that, Jean-Claude has been used as right back by Song before, I think on one or two occasions. So he too could fill up in the right back position. But then out and out right backs in the squad, there's uh, Junior Chamade. He plays with Stoke City. In the championship in England, uh, equally he will not provide the best going forward. But then defensively he's solid. That's because uh, in the right back position we we lost someone like Fire Collins Goran. Like I mentioned earlier on, he was lead assist provider. Yeah, he made a long time without having a club. He just got a club in Serbia, but before the Avcon, you know, he didn't have a club. So probably the most reason why. The most that can be pointed out as why he didn't make this 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 team because he played in the 2017 AFCON, 2019 AFCON, 2021 AFCON. And uh, equally, there's Malcolm Bukele of uh, Bordeaux. He took and filling as a uh, right back. And then there's Enzo Chattu, son of uh, Bill Chattu. I-, I know you remember that name. I, I know you sure, remember legend. that name, Bill Chato. Sorry about that. <laughs> I know you remember that name, Bill Chattu. No, for sure. Legend, legend. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, he's the son of uh, Birchattu. He, too, can, can feel in that position. He plays for Montpellier in in France. So, yeah, at, at the level of the left-back, there's no plays his club football for Seattle Sundowns. Very aggressive uh, left-back. Moving forward, he has his, you know, lacunes, but uh, he's a very aggressive uh, left-back and difficult to get past. And um, equally in that in that left-back position... Uh, there's this you uh, young Darling, Darlin young yeah, Darling, young That's the name I was looking for. Darling, young He he plays his club football in in France. He has more moving forward. Uh, but but uh, defensively, you know, you could fancy no But I think he, he's he's gotten into the head of the coach because in uh, last couple of matches, Darling, young who plays for Lorient in um in France. You know, has played most of these last couple of games. He's uh, and he called the foot the brazzari graduate. Uh, Year in Cameroon, so he's a very solid, uh, good, you know, left back going forward. He he brings a lot to the table. Now at the level of the the midfield compartment, you told me there's a lot of have, midfielders
0: uh, that are missing. Yeah, like Angola and like. Uh, yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Who, who's gonna replace a lot of, them?
1: Who's who's their replacements? Ah, it's quite difficult to see, but but then I, I think uh, Ivan neyu Ivan Niu is uh, a quality midfielder. He has played yeah. our last couple of games as well, and uh, yeah, he. I like him because of, he can uh, San carry San the ball. Hittien. I feel
0: like on the ball, he's uh, he offers something different than uh, some other Cameroonian midfielders. You know, I watched him a little yes, bit yes. at Saint
1: Etienne. So. Technically, technically, he has he has something in him that other midfielders turn out to, to lack. You know, on on the on a good day, he's a very good good midfielder. He. It's uh, one who has not really had, you know, a time that he has solidified himself in the team. But this time around, he played, you know, our last two games in a World Cup qualifiers. And I think it was enough to take him to the AFCON. And at the AFCON, I do think that he, he will do enough He will do enough to earn his his, his spot as, as a starter in in that team. And, um, yeah, there's a newcomer, Nathan Diwala. He plays his club football here in Cameroon. For Victoria United, I don't think he's going to uh, be starting any games, but uh, he was just taking the probably for the experience. And uh, this Andre Franz Angisa, mm-hmm. a, a name he made the, the fifth pro squad in uh, the, the last CAF Awards twenty twenty three Cup Awards. He made he made the fifth pro squad, one of two Cameroonians to make that squad. I think he and uh, Andrew Nana did. So uh, there'll be a great balance about those two starting starting with them uh equally at, at the midfield compartment worlds else, else, else is going to be starting at the midfield uh because there is uh yeah 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 Olivier cham is uh, one who has had his injury problems yeah but he he's good enough he can he can start games and offer something different uh, there's equally Elio Junge who plays in the third year in France. I don't think uh, he can really pull out the rabbit out of the hat as well, you know. Uh, but then he was brought, he was uh ferry to the tournament for probably the for to, to get experience, and uh yeah, like you mentioned, Cham probably maybe Cham, Ivanyu, uh Zambu and Gisa, if we're okay. looking at it from that perspective in the in the middle. And then on that. the front
0: line, is there any chance that it's not Ikambi, Abubakar? And then, who's going to replace Embuemo? Or is it can be not even guaranteed to start? Then Nobu Bubakar.
1: I think it can be is guaranteed to start. He amongst the uh, players, our national team players, he has the best goal per game ratio since making his debut in 2015. I think so. Uh, when he wears the national team, he's a different animal. But he's not scored in the last couple of games. But take nothing away from him at the last African year in Cameroon, he was second in a goal-scoring chart with five goals. Abubakar had eight goals. So, I think uh, Kambi Carl, who plays his club football with Abha, he was transferred from the French League to Saudi. I think he, he has enough to, to start our games. Equally, uh, you mentioned Vincent Patti Abubakar. And, uh, yeah, it's difficult to see beyond Abubakar in a national team jersey. But, Here's a fun fact, Yemahe, yeah, Vincent Abubaka has not been a certain starter for our team, for the Africans that were played out of Cameroon. In Cameroon, he was a starter. But remember in uh, 2019, he was injured. Remember that in uh, 2017, Hugo Bruce used him as a sub.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. then he scored so, in the final
1: uh, he came up big he scored in the finals he came off he came off the bench to score in the final so it would it, be interesting to see how he performs out of the country especially now that all eyes are on him and he might be, be, be starting the game and uh, now since François-Régis Mouguet wasn't able to come for personal reasons he has been replaced by Mumi Ngamalou Moumi Ngamalu. He's a very good player. He plays his mm-hmm. football in Russia. He, he was part of the World Cup expedition as well, and uh, he plays like he has three lungs. Very energetic. He bombs up and down the, the channels. And I was kind of worried why he was left out in the first place, and then we just had to bring him in because, you know, uh, it didn't make any sense to me why be the Afghan, and he left out. But then, Regis Mugi, as would have it, uh, decided to, to stay back at, at Marseille. And then uh, Muminga Male be the list. So I think he's just going to bump, bump in, in there. But then, there is Nkudu, who, you know, is our most informed player. And it will be criminal, too, for Rico <laughs> Rigobertson to leave Kudu aside. So it's not really certain. Oh, but I think certainly Kudu would be a starter on the wings. You know, uh, the, the the other side you might have uh, Abu, uh, we might have uh, Kyle and Muminga Malyo laid out. But I think since Mweninga Malyo came in uh, later in the camp, probably maybe we we'll have Ikambi and Josh Kevin Kudu, George Kevin Kudu. Uh performed very well for us in the FIFA, FIFA window last, last year. He scored one of three goals against Mauritius coming off the bench. And when he went for, back to his club side, he's been scoring goals for four. And I think he's the second behind Cristiano Ronaldo in the Saudi Pro League. 14 goals. 14 goals to, in 18 matches, yeah. 14 impressive. goals in, in, in 18 matches to his name. Uh, so, Georges-Kevin Kudou, uh, former French Youth International, could be, uh, could be, uh, would be, will be a starter. And let, let me take you back to the midfield. The names are just popping up now. There is Olivier Kemen, as well, who you know makes a, a solid player. He, his contract, you know, he, his contract has been terminated with Kisra Sport in Turkey. But he too is a former French youth international. And the games he's played with our national team, he just made us think of a certain Bami Modeste. So, uh, he's a very good player, Olivier Kemen, and I, w- I wouldn't be surprised too if Coach Song decides to start with maybe Ivan Nehu, Olivier Kemen, Andre Fang, Zambo, and Gisa in the middle of the park. So, in fact, that is my ideal uh, midfield for, for the Norbitable Lions.
0: Honestly, when I look at that that lineup, I think it's a pretty strong Cameroonian side. I think some people are not as optimistic on Cameroon, but when I, on paper, I, I really do like them. Um, so, so Cameroon has, you know, uh, they can pick a, a a whole bunch of stars that play on this team. Uh, we have huge names. Abubakar, of course, uh, ngisa of course, uh, Zembo Nghisa, uh, Andre Onana. Um, if you had to pick one player that you could say, this is the one star, meaning this player is going to, in the big moments, he's the one that's going to carry the national team. Who do you think it can be uh, out of the starting 11? Who do you think it could be the one star player?
1: That's out of the starting 11. The players were seated on on the... On the bench, I think. now I think. Uh, no, no, no. I'm sorry. I, to, I meant. I to... meant
0: from from the starting eleven. From the starting eleven. Okay,
1: from from the starting eleven. Yeah, I think our star player, our star player in this competition, the face of of the competition is Andrew Nana. But uh, talking of changing the games that entail goals, Andrew Nana impacts the game by keeping out the goals. But we need goals to win games. I think that will be Vincent Party Abubakar. Uh, for the sole reason that he, you know, uh, is a lethal uh, goal scorer. with the side, last last competition, he, he scored eight goals. Uh, in the last uh, African competition, that was hosted here in Cameroon. And uh, he's the one that, you know, all of the other players are looking up to. You know, when things are not, when things are tricky, they're not going uh, his way, we turn to be in difficulties. So, I think Vincent Pattia Abubakar is a player, a star player for for the, for the tournament, and equally, probably a surprise package of the tournament would be. George that was Kevin my next Kudu. question:
0: Who's going to be one player <laughs> that's like unknown or not very well known, maybe underrated, that you think can explode uh, for for Cameroon? Somebody that the whole continent is going to say, "Wow!" Like, where, where did he
1: come from? I think I think George Kevin Kudu is is the player that uh, others will be surprised with. Because he's blessed with natural ability, he's played for Tottenham Hotspur, he's played for Olympique Lyonnais, he's played for Koper So you don't play for those clubs without you know having a quality. And uh, yeah, he's blessed with peace, He's he's blessed with trickery, God-given talent, ability. And uh, yeah, he can he can he can pull the rabbit out of the hat on his day. So he's been doing that for his club side, Damak. In, in Saudi. So I do think that, uh, he, he can really, you know, uh, be the surprise package for this team equally. There is a certain Lionel Atebambida who plays for Dinamo football club of Douala here in Cameroon. One of the two local players that were called up, uh, he scored seven goals for Dinamo football club of Douala last season. He was with PW social club of Amanda. he scored nine goals all through the season. Uh, he too is, a uh, very potent goal scorer, and he has more to his game. His hold up play is uh, brilliant. His you know uh, his pace as well. You know it's his will to always get in there and get in between the goals. So I don't think that if Rigobert gives him the chance, then we might see another star in 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 uh, Leonardo Bambira. He ended by the way he ended third in the Ballon d'Or awards here in Cameroon uh, back in December, organized by the Cameroon Football Federation. So he too is an interesting player.
0: And we're running out of time here. We just have three or four minutes left. But uh, Giovanni, before I go and before I ask you for your prediction, which is going to be my final question. uh, When I was in Cameroon for the AFCON last time around, I remember some criticism of Andre Frank Zembo and Giza because I felt like the public were expecting more from him. And this was like something that was a discourse that was happening throughout the tournament. We know that he had a, a fantastic year with Napoli last season and he was one of the main you know, contributors to them winning the Scudetto alongside uh, his Nigerian colleague, Victor Ozyman. Um Has he gotten over that with the Cameroonian public? Do they still expect more from him? Or uh, is there still a little bit of frustration with uh, Zambo um in his position in midfield?
1: Well, Mahe, you're going to get that a lot in Cameroon. You're going to get a lot of stick, especially if... Uh... They're looking up to you. But Zambo has always said that he's playing for the national team and he plays as per what the coach expects him to, you know, play. Uh, he's playing under Coach Rigoberto Bahana. Last time he was playing under Antonio Consensal. His last game in uh, Cameroon against Mauritius in the World Cup qualifiers before uh, the other game in Libya, he was very, very well lauded. By the fans, he even had a standing ovation in that game. He was a skipper of the team, so he has a a, a little different role with that with a national team, and uh, yeah, they expect him to to be more, you know, uh, box to box midfield, if I may put it that way. But defensively, they they expect a lot from him. While at at Napoli, you know, there's Roberto who can do the job defensively. Uh, at times, he can bump up the top and. and getting between the goals as well, but the national team, the way we set up, you know, if he, he plays, there are a couple of players that if he plays with, then our fans would be more impressed. For instance, uh, if he plays with Ivan Neo and Olivier Kemen, Olivier Kemen could do the, you know, the dirties, go out there and, and get the, the ball and then feed him with, but uh, if he's playing with uh, probably Elliot Junge, for instance, and the uh, maybe Ivan Neu, he is expected to do the defensive duty, you know, and and then dish out the ball. So, uh, fans have not really come to terms of how he's been utilized in a national team and that's the reason why he's getting a lot of stick. In fact, every other person gets stick in in Cameroon. The only other player I've heard, you know, fans go after in a very vicious way is Vincent Abubaka. He's a really nice guy, you know, nice to them, very quiet life. Aside from Abubaka, Onana is getting a proper lashing here in Cameroon as well, you know. <laughs> the other star players are, <laughs> are getting real sticks. So I do think that that's it is what it is. It's a country of uh, over 26 million inhabitants. Because, yeah, expect you guys, they expect you have a lot. you expect a lot. And history, every other so... person is a coach.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so we have we have two minutes. We've we got to go quickly. Uh, this is the final question. According to the sporting public, and, and you just told me they're very they expect a lot. What would be a good tournament for the Cameroon uh, Indomitable Lions in Cote Would would, for example, a semifinal be a good tournament? Would a final, would winning it be the only thing that constitutes a good tournament? And what would be a bad tournament
1: too? I think a good tournament for Cameroon at any category would be winning the tournament at the AFCON, maybe at the World Cup, get into to the semifinals or Final. No, be no, no. I'm just talking tournament. about
0: Afcon. I don't care. Yeah, about yeah, World. yeah. I'm, I'm just
1: giving an example. Like in the Afcon, we are expected to win as we arrive at the Afcon. We are expected to win the the competition, and uh, yeah. So, aside from winning the competition, it's it's not a good tournament. Even if we make the semi-finals, there's too be critics. But the semi-final will be we'll take that before the tournament. If you ask Cameroonians, we're going to take it. But once we get to the tournament, tournament, and then we progress from the first round, second round. Quarterfinals, semifinals, we are expected to win. So, uh, yeah, a bad tournament for us will be crashing out of the group stage around round of 16s, you know, crashing out of the group stage. I was stage. going
0: to ask, yeah, round of 16 would be bad too. Yeah, definitely.
1: Yeah, it would be, really, be really bad. It would be a bad tournament because in a group and the AFCON has been extended. So we have to have the ability to at least be the one of three one of four third places, you know. Uh, we cannot just crash out of the of the tournament like that. You no, know, for God's sake, there's uh the Gambia, there's Guinea in our group. No, no <laughs> with pushovers. The respect, no. With due respect, yes. I know a lot of Gambians <laughs> on your platform would come after me. They, <laughs> they had a good competition here. They had a good tournament here in Cameroon. They made the quarterfinals. Guinea as well, there are no pushovers. So uh, Senegal, you Senegal, know, many will expect Senegal to top the group. But then we would take that if Senegal manages to top the group because we know how well they've been doing on the continent and their coach Al-UCC, the time he's been given to work with that team as well. But then crashing out of the group stage or, or the round of 16 would be a really bitter pill to swallow. It might lead to the sacking of, of, of Coach Song.
0: Giovanni Bambe, thank you so, so much. Uh, That was a very enjoyable discussion. For those of you that liked what you heard, I'm going to put his social media in the description below. Please go follow him. Uh, He will be in Cote d'Ivoire this week coming up, and uh, you can follow all of his coverage of the Cameroonian national team and other African national teams. Uh, on his social media below. So uh, you could still probably hear my neighbor drilling. I apologize about that. But we're going to wrap up this podcast. Thank you for listening to another episode of the African Five Aside podcast brought to you by africasacountry.com. Keep it locked as we continue to preview all 24 teams at the 2023 Africa Cup of Nations. Peace.